Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Today, we'll start with uh, Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. The topic is asking for what we need. One evening, I was alone, wary, and exhausted. I was in the midst of extensive traveling, disconnected from friends and family. I had flown home for the evening, but it seemed like nobody noticed. People were used to me being gone. It was late at night, and I began arguing with God. I'm out there working hard. I'm lonely. I need to know someone cares. You've told me to tell you what I need. And tonight, God, I particularly need the presence of male energy. I need a friend, someone I can trust to care about me in a non-sexual, non-exploitive way. I need to be held. Now, where are you? I lay down on the couch and closed my eyes. I was too tired to do anything but let go. The telephone rang minutes later. It was a former colleague who had since become my friend. Hey, Ked, he said. You sound really tired and needy. Stay right where you are. I'm going to drive out and give you a foot rub. It sounds exactly like what you need. Half an hour later, he knocked on my door. He brought a small bottle of oil with him and gently massaged my feet, gave me a hug, told me how much he cared about me, then left. I smiled. I had received exactly what I asked for. It is safe to trust God. Today, I will remember God cares about what I need, especially if I do. And, you know, there is this uh, reminder because sometimes it's just like, can you really have a higher power of your own understanding? Recovery gives incredible freedom. The other, uh, you know, that you can choose a higher power of your own understanding, not something that was peddled to you or in books or some crazy person's, um, you know, interpretation of it. And the, I think the other thing is God could and would if sought, not if thought. And so many times I think, you know, God's not a mind reader. And I'm speaking only in my experience, but I have to actually pray like for something specific um, or at least pray for God's will um, rather than expecting God to just read my mind. The next reading is also for Melody Beatty. It's on the topic of step two. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. We come to believe in a better life through the powerful gift of other people. Hearing them, seeing them, and watching the gift of recovery at work in their lives. There is a power greater than us. There is real hope now that things can and will be different and better for our life and us. We are not in a do-it-yourselves program. We do not have to exert willpower to change. We do not have to force a recovery to happen. We do not have to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps just so we believe that there is a power greater than ourselves, one who will get the job done in our life. This power will do for us what our greatest and most diligent efforts could not accomplish. Our higher power will restore us to a sane and beneficial life. All we do is believe. Look, watch, see people around you, see the healing they have found, then discover your own faith, your own belief, your own healing. Today, regardless of my circumstances, I will believe to the best of my ability that a power greater than myself can and will restore me to a peaceful, sane way of living. Then I will relax and let him do that. You know, a lot of times people would say, you know, you just need to get out of your own way or you're your own 
greatest enemy. And this whole part, the power will do for us what our what your greatest and most diligent efforts could not accomplish. And reminds me of the line in the big book about we relax and we take it easy and we don't struggle. And this has just been very antithetical to what perceived maladapting copanism or theme that I gave to life. And, you know, um, I remember at a Tony Robbins conference, you know, just the story or, you know, if you think life is a game versus life is a test versus life is fun versus life is an adventure. And, I, you know, I think I just thought that I just had to work harder, have a better strategy. And what the rooms have taught me is the answer is surrender and letting go. And the rooms have also taught me that I really didn't understand what the word surrender meant, you know, and you know, being too good. I I was listening to Joe and Charlie's tapes and how they, you know, they went and looked words up in the dictionary all the time. And I'm starting to really understand day by day what words like surrender, humility, prosperity have meant. And this is just some of the greatest gifts of this program. One of them is coming across Melody Beatty's Readings. This lady is just a saint and an absolute genius. The next reading is trusting our higher power made our decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. So much talk about a higher power, God as we understand God. So much joy as we come to understand him. Spirituality and spiritual growth are the foundations of change. Recovery from codependency is not a do-it-yourself task. Wow, it is not. Um, I'm just going to pause and think of all those times that I thought that I could like read a book and that would change. And I think sometimes there still is that part, but I think the community aspect of it and the service and and just following, you know, Faith is a belief in other people's recoveries. I think I heard something like that today. So anyways, back to the passage. Is God a relentless taskmaster? A hard-hearted, shaming wizard with tricks up the sleeve? Is God deaf, uncaring, haphazard, unforgiving? No. A loving God, a caring God, that is the God of our recovery. No more pain than is necessary for usefulness, healing, and cleansing. As much goodness and joy as our heart can hold, as soon as our heart is healed, open and ready to receive God, approving, accepting, instantly forgiving. God has planned little gifts along the way to brighten our day, and sometimes big delightful surprises, perfectly timed, perfect for us. A master artist, God will weave together all our joy, sadness, and experience to create a portrait of our life with depth, beauty, sensitivity, color, humor, and feeling God as we understand him, a loving God, the God of our recovery. Today, I will open myself to the care of a loving God. Then I will let God show me love. I'm just going to read, I can read the same whole thing over, but I want to read a couple paragraphs that I really enjoyed. A loving God, a caring God, that is the God of our recovery. No more pain than is necessary for usefulness, healing, and cleansing. As much goodness and joy as our heart can hold, 
as soon as our heart is healed open and ready to receive God, approving, accepting, instantly forgiven. And the fact that this is a foreign concept doesn't mean that this loving God, caring God, approving, accepting, and instantly forgiving God is not available for all of us. It is. Next reading is Strengthening My Recovery. And wow, a spiritual bypass. I think this is one of the most important concepts and why I love ACA. And I think just something that many places overlook. A spiritual bypass means that the person is attempting to avoid the pain that can come with working through the trauma and neglect from childhood. I mean, that's even painful just to read that. In some cases, the person attempts to jump ahead in the recovery process without going through the entire process. This path invariably fails or leads to dissatisfying results. While looking for answers, many of us have read countless self-help books, put on a false face, and purchased products to boost our self-esteem. We wanted a quick fix for our empty lives, but we found temporary relief at best. We inevitably spiraled downward into a familiar despair, wondering yet again, will it ever be my turn to be happy? When we find ACA, we hear the solution and see progress in spiritual recovery in others. This gives us hope. We learn that the tools of recovery are meant to work together, not in isolation. Many people leave ACA believing they worked the program, but it just didn't work for them. In fact, maybe they expected ACA to be another quick fix. If we use all the tools the way they're meant to be used, ACA can heal us and change our lives by attending meetings, working the steps, reaching out to others, and finding a higher power, we can recapture our true selves, the person we were born to be. On this day, I will have the courage to use the tools of the ACA program, especially the ones that that's hardest for most of us, reaching out to others for help. It is a we program, and that passage just reminds me of my priorities in life and how I spent a lot of time in recovery and how my life has never felt more manageable. Those are just the facts. Moving on. The next reading is also from ACA Strengthening My Recovery. It's Recovery Message. Hearing the message of recovery and hope from someone else fans the dim spark of aliveness we keep buried inside. When we got to recovery, we may have been a mess. We may not have even known it then. But many of us were broken and on our last leg. We may have even tried to kill ourselves with drugs and alcohol at some point or had unprotected sex with someone we didn't know. We buried all our light because we felt we did not deserve to experience it. Wow. We may have buried all our light because we felt we did not deserve to experience it. We work today to dust off the source of light inside us. That is a gift from our higher power. We pray and meditate, finding the life-saving value of doing so. We learn the message of the 12 steps and the value of this amazing fellowship that is available to all of us just for asking. We're grateful for the tools of recovery. If we need to get abstinent in some way, we do that with the help of the steps and a sponsor. We are no longer alone. On this day, I will reach out to whomever I need to help me remember and work through the trauma of my past. If there's something that is blocking me, I will do my part and then ask my higher power to remove it from my path. That's strong ratings. 
And the final reading, trait two, we become approval seekers and lost our identity in the process. Yes, sir. Anything you want, sir. Whatever I can do, sir. Maybe I, if I do the dishes faster, mom won't, won't drink so much this weekend. I'll keep the little kids quieter and then dad won't get so mad. It is crazy that in families all across the world, this thinking is prevalent. And, you know, it just reminds how badly people want to be perceived by others and hide what goes on at home. And that comes with the don't trust, don't feel. It's just, it's really sad. Um, many of us feel that we have to do for others so they will like us, so the alcoholic won't hit us, so people won't get mad at us. As adult children, we get so good at doing for others that we end up believing we're only okay if we have their approval. Mine almost goes back to school, I think, with uh, you know, feeling like you had to have Jolly Ranchers you know, candy for people like you or let people copy off you because you're good at math. Those others can be bosses, friends, coworkers, spouses, and children. In ACA, we start to see this pattern of approval seeking. As a result, many of us find that we don't know what we want or how to make a decision for ourselves. Wow, this is true. Some of us can't even name our favorite color, but we sure know the favorite colors of others. As we begin to discover ourselves, we learn to separate the idea of a simple act of kindness from that of sacrificing ourselves in a way that destroys our self-worth. We begin appreciating that we are okay and can affirm ourselves for who we are, not what we do. On this day, I clearly see the difference between seeking false approval and doing a good deed because it's the right thing to do. I am grateful for that realization as I live my recovery. And that concludes this episode of Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kowan Saluja reminding myself to pause several times a day because that is where God is. To love myself and to feel my feelings.